0: Let's catch up with the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Hey, we're just a few days away from the beginning of a busy period of free agent movement, franchise tagging, and this week NFL players are voting on the collective bargaining agreement. We cover all of these topics on Sports Beat KC, the Stars Daily Sports Podcast, with Chiefs beat writer Sam McDowell. It's Tuesday, March 10th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. After a break, we talk Kansas State and Big 12 tournament with Kellis Robinette. The Wildcats finished dead last in the conference standing, but they're coming off their most impressive victory of the season, a walloping of Iowa State. Xavier Sneed scored a career best 31 in that game. Does this give the Wildcats momentum heading into their tournament opener against TCU on Wednesday? Kellis breaks it down. But first, here's Sam McDowell on the Chiefs.
1: Where's Herbie? I don't know. Her. Off in Fort Leavenworth, so he's, he's a plane right away. <laughs> <laughs> Holding down the fort. No, Herbie's not here
0: today. Um, he is uh, he's out writing, reporting on all things Chiefs and NFL. But Sam is here, who's doing the same thing, only doing it from the office, which uh, which allowed him to come into the studio, the Sports Beat KC podcast studio, to talk some Chiefs. Sam, let's just get right to it. I think the big story uh, everybody's talking about um, in, in – Chiefs' kingdom is uh, Mahomes' magic crunch off the shelves
1: in supermarkets,
0: <laughs> which RP Gradoff is all over. He is all over it. First and only to report it, I think. <laughs> uh, what a uh, uh, what a fad that was! The, the Chiefs' magic. I never had it, did you? No, I didn't. Was it was it a Frosted Flakes I kind of thing so, yeah. or something? Um, but uh, no you know there are a couple of things before we get into what's coming up uh for the chiefs i want to talk about a couple of things that i that we have seen on social media you know, we it's, it's difficult to to talk to players now they just unless they're making a public appearance yeah. there's no team availability for these players so you kind of have to find out what's going on in their lives through social media and some are very willing to share yeah. what they're doing on social media and one of them, Sammy Watkins. Yeah.
1: You know, tweeted. I actually went to, I actually went to a public appearance of his on Saturday. He was having an autograph session, but he was, I was told he was not, he was not available by, by his people there.
0: Not, not available to talk about his apparent infatuation with the Houston Texans. Uh, tweeted a picture of, uh, himself in a text, you know, Texans. <laughs> you retweeted one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Retweeted with, uh, you know, playing with his old Clemson buddies, DeAndre Hopkins yeah. and Deshaun Watson. Um, what are we, we going to make of that? Is he not destined to be here? Does he I, understand the financial situation? Yeah,
1: um, you know, I, I think the most likely scenario is that he's not in Kansas City next year. I mean, he's certainly, we know for sure, not under this contract, he's not going to be in Kansas City. I mean, he's got the largest cap hit of any wide receiver in the NFL next year at $21 million. And you can save $14 million by cutting them, and they're a, a cap strained team right now. So uh, they have reached out to his representation. Uh, we know they did that at the Combine to try and find some middle ground there. So they didn't have to release him. They like Sammy Watkins. They'd like to have him back. Um, but I'm not sure how much room Sammy Watkins is and his team are going are gonna to budge on what he's currently owed. And it seems seems like he realizes it. You know? I think so, too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously this – Andy Reid said it at the Combine. This team is going to change next year. This is part of the, the business. A lot of people don't like it because, especially in this locker room, I mean, we were in the locker room every day. It's, it's a locker room that genuinely, I think, gets along and, and likes one another. Who doesn't want to play on a team that just won a Super Bowl for Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes, especially when you're a wide receiver? Um, but I, I think especially with, with wanting another step out of McCole Hardman that Sammy Watkins' spot on the roster I, I think is probably pretty tenuous right now. I don't. I don't want to see him in the. If I'm a Chiefs fan, I don't want to see him with the Texans. No you know, yeah, I mean no that's kidding.
0: that's a contender. Yeah. Uh, we, last week, uh, Sam Mellinger and I were going over the Chiefs schedule, and um, and and there are a lot of teams on the Chiefs schedule for 2020. We know the opponents. We just know the dates yet, right? Yeah. But a lot of teams with potentially. A new quarterback, not necessarily a rookie, but maybe a free agent, but yeah. at least half of their opponents. But one of them that won't have that is the Houston Texans, team that they beat in the playoffs this year and uh, one that, uh, that was set up for success.
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually, you know, we know that last week the Royals moved out of uh, that September 10th date to potentially open the Chiefs for playing on opening night. A lot of people just assume maybe because the, the Chiefs play the Patriots at home. So they're thinking maybe that's that's who that Thursday night opponent's going to be. I think the Texans make a lot of sense because I think that that's going to be the new age rivalry. I think in the AFC It's going to be with the Texans and the Ravens. Um, but I think Deshaun Watson has more staying power than Lamar Jackson does. So I, I just think that would be a great matchup. But it, we're we're talking about a, a guy that maybe could switch switch sides. To that I mean that have, offers even more intrigue to, to that matchup.
0: And Another. Uh... Note that I saw on social media last week. I was scrolling through the Twitter uh, and saw Tyran Matthews tweet uh, courting Chris Harris. All sorts of local First angles to this one.
1: Us talking to Tyran Matthews, I think he would be a great recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> he's already. I think he actually, on a serious note, wants to get into that when uh, whenever he's done playing. I, I think he's showed some interest in uh, potentially being on uh, college staff someday. Uh, we know that he could recruit our own Vahe to do anything he wants. Yes, yes, we do know that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I think that this day and age in social media, it's just so different because you do have players that um, are going to – they're friends with other guys in the league. They want to play together. And like like we already have talked about, I mean, especially on, on this team, I mean, it's going to be a good locker room to join. Maybe you can get some guys in here cheaper than uh, some other teams might have to pay him. Chris Harris has a little
0: – you know, got some got some – you know, wear on the tires. Yeah, and I don't think
1: his contract would make I mean, he's going to have plenty of suitors to where I think you're going to have to pay him more than what the Chiefs can probably afford to pay a second cornerback right now. He also wants to play slot corner. And one of the reasons Tyron Matthew was so good in the last eight, nine games of the season for the Chiefs, not that he wasn't good all season, but especially in that stretch, so he's playing a lot at the line of scrimmage. And that's where he prefers to play. He was playing a lot of that slot corner for him. So, I don't know that that fit makes a ton of sense. I think that they need somebody that's going to play on the outside opposite Sharverius Ward the way that uh, we saw Brashad Breland do this year. And maybe it could still be Breland. I think he's going to at least test the market and see what's out there. Um, Maybe it comes back to to make sense with the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. And I think they'll also look in the draft for that position too. Uh, Juan Thornhill allowed Teran Matthew,
0: gave the Chiefs For the sure. luxury of allowing Tyran Matthew to, sure. to roam a little bit. Absolutely. It's a great point. Um, so uh, there are some uh, key dates that were uh, in the NFL that in, in our market kind of can get lost because of postseason college basketball. Mm-hmm. Big 12 tournament is this week. Uh, Kansas is the number one ranked team in the country. The NCAA tournament follows that. So There's Selection Sunday. Uh, But this is really the beginning of forming the 2020 roster for the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Take us through what uh, uh, some of the key dates are just over the next couple of weeks in order. What's going to happen NFL roster-wise?
1: Yeah, so you've got this week on, on Thursday, you've got the deadline to franchise tag any player, and you can do that with one player. You can also use the transition tag on a player. I don't foresee them doing that. Uh, we've already reported. Herbie T.O.B. has reported that uh, they will franchise Chris Jones. Um, that hasn't been made official, so we expect that to happen sometime this week. Before I think it's four o'clock, or maybe it's four Eastern deadline on Thursday. Um, then you've got free agency next week, and it is a. It's unlike other sports in free agency because in baseball we see that process drag out, in football it is a rush of a 72 hours. On Monday you can start negotiating with with free agents from other teams, on Wednesday you can start signing them. So there's that 48-hour window where you're negotiating with players and the deals are basically in place. They're made official on that Thursday. So next week we're really more than any other week of this offseason going to see the way this roster is going to be shaped dependent on whether or not the CBA gets passed by Saturday because if not, I think teams are going to be hesitant to lock up big numbers with, with guys without knowing exactly um, how big that number is going to be against the cap?
0: You said Saturday for the deadline. Saturday, that's changed. It to Saturday,
1: yeah. Just, just um, today. Yep. Since I mean, heck, since, since you've been recording other podcasts, they <laughs> um, they've, they've are, they're going to allow the players an extra two days um, to uh, to vote on this thing. Which I don't know. I, I think that the owners made a great decision on this CBA by implementing some structures that help out the little guy. Um, because that's the vast majority of the NFL. The, the, the uh, minimum wage, right. if you will. Which is players. which makes up more than half the roster. Yeah. So if you can get that half on your side, just get it to a vote. I mean, I think the owners made a really smart decision there, and it's going to tick off some of the guys that we've seen be outspoken about, like J.J. Watt, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Um, and those are the high-profile guys. Those are the guys with the big following, so They get the attention when they speak out. But – the guys that are these minimum wage guys that are gonna get bumped up maybe a hundred grand a year when they're only making five, six, seven hundred grand, that is a lot of money to them. That that's a big pay increase. How do you think it's gonna go? How do you think the vote will I think happen? it's gonna pass. Um, for that reason. I think that the majority's gonna be on their side. I think you're gonna have enough of those high priced veteran guys that are thinking about that player, that has the locker right next to them, that knows that this guy's career might only last three or four years, so all of us out here may say this guy makes eight hundred nine hundred grand Wow i 'd love to make that kind of money. but you're talking about a two or three year period that somebody in the NFL might be making that money you've got taxes, agent fees, all sorts right. of things it, It's not the amount that it seems so a hundred thousand dollars is is a big jump.
0: you know one thing that we've talked about in in recent weeks when when we uh, discuss Chris Jones and the potential of the Chiefs signing him to a to the deal that he has earned right. um, with his play, and how we think it's not going to be possible for that to happen. One of the, you know, w- one of the sp- uh, points of speculation is if uh, the the owners get what they want in the in the, uh, in, the in the collective bargaining agreement that the 2021 salary, salary cap yeah. could could raise to as high as 240 million dollars. Yeah. Now, that money would come—the reason it would jump, which would be about a $40 million jump, possibly, but one of the reasons that would happen is if the NFL owners get a 17 or 18-game schedule, so an additional regular mm-hmm. season game, the the playoffs get expanded, so there's additional revenue from expanded playoffs, and these are some items that uh, veteran players especially aren't very interested in. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that changes the equation, because me to me, the reason that the Chris Jones contract would be awfully tough to fit in— and why I agree with, with Sam Mellinger that the option's probably going to be to tag and trade him is because it, it's not because he makes so much more than any other player on the roster. It's purely the percentage of the cap that it eats up. And if that cap is is changing by potentially, what is that, 15 to 20%, yeah. that does alter the equation of, of maybe being able to fit a Chris Jones number under the cap. Um, obviously, you'd have to structure it a little bit differently because that jump doesn't come for another year. Um, but, yeah, I think that absolutely could change the equation on Chris Jones.
0: All right, Sam. Hey, thanks for stopping by, and we'll talk to you and Herbie T.O.P. next week when a lot of Hey, this it's stuff Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for SportsBeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer and as always, thanks for listening. Kellis Robinette covers the Wildcats, and Kellis, at least Kansas State is coming to the Big 12 tournament on, on a high note. That may be the, the least that could be said about, uh, about the Wildcats. They broke the 10-game losing streak on Saturday beating Iowa State, and um, but it, it's just been a horrible season for Bruce Weber and, and K-State. Um, but, Does does that win on Saturday at least
2: change their frame of mind a little bit? What what are these Wildcats thinking coming into
0: Kansas City this week?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I I think it definitely gives them a a jolt of confidence coming here that they probably wouldn't have had otherwise. I mean, the the first words out of some players' mouths after the Iowa State game was that, uh, you know, now hopefully we can go win four in a row in Kansas City. Um, and obviously, that's quite a statement for a team that hasn't won even back to back games since November. And uh, the one win they did just get to snap the street came against Iowa State, who were missing both Tyrese Halliburton and their starting point guard. And they didn't realize they were going to not have their starting point guard until game time. So, case they definitely caught them at the right moment, um, I mean, I, I'm sure they would love to just play Iowa State again. That would almost give them a buy into the next round. But TCU is going to be harder. They uh, swept the regular season matchup. So uh, a difficult game for Kansas State, but I will say this is uh, this is the event the Wildcats have been looking forward to forever. I I can say going back as far as oh three or four weeks now, you know when when we were asking players what is it that you guys are playing for at this point, a lot of them basically just jumped all the way to the Big 12 tournament and said, hey, we've still got still got that sitting in front of us, and if we win that, we can go to the NCAA tournament. So we're not giving in and and, and not giving up until we. We lose at some point in the postseason, so they're they're going to give it their all. I don't know if they've got it in to win more than one game, but um, they're 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 definitely bringing what they have to Kansas City.
0: Yeah, there is always you know conference tournaments. Every every Division One conference has one, and when
2: people yes. yeah,
0: that's right. Well, the Ivy League still now brings four teams into. I believe they bring four teams into a into a tournament. So not the whole conference, but. Well, so
2: they, except, they said today they're
0: canceling it, so that's why. Oh, 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 oh! So you're up on the you're up on the day's news that I'm not. Okay, okay very <laughs>
2: good. Well,
0: theoretically, so, yeah, then
2: when,
0: when there's when when people talk about uh, you know expanding the NCAA tournament, I've always said you really don't need to because every team has a chance to win the national championship when the postseason begins, exactly. and um, exactly. and even a even a team that's ten and twenty one like uh, like Kansas State, but I will say that in the, 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 there, there have been 23 Big 12 tournaments, and the format has changed over the years, obviously, because it was once a 12-team league and now it's a 10-team league, but no team has ever won four games at the Big 12 tournament. So it, it, teams have won three and have lost in the championship game. There have, there have been teams to do that, um, but it's, it's a big ask. To win four straight games in in the conference tournament, it, it it has happened in other leagues. It's happened elsewhere where where some teams have come off the you know, pace, come up from a double digit seed or a low seed to win a conference tournament. It just hasn't happened in in the Big Twelve. Hey, um, so Xavier Sneed was terrific on Saturday with 26 in the first half and 31 for the game and. I kind of been waiting for him to bust out like this all season long. That was that was good to see. How what was
2: what was his reaction after the game? Oh, he was uh, he was happy. You finally got to see him smile for the first time in a few weeks, and, and I was happy for him. I mean, a, a guy like him, you know, you're supposed to to be neutral with all these things, but it's hard not to to have wanted that for him with all the success he had in his first three years to go out with just a miserable senior season. Um, it was cool to at least see him go off on senior day, setting a career high, kissing the power cat at mid-court as he walked off. So, you know, he, he's had one of the better careers in recent Kansas State basketball history. So a guy like that deserves to go out on a high note. And, and he got to do it. It, it, was, it was fun to watch him play like that. It did kind of bring up some what-if, like what if he was that aggressive in other games. But he made it pretty clear early on this was going to be his night. And as soon as he saw you know, his first three go down, he was basically – just telling his teammates, give me the ball and get out of my way. There was even one point where, uh, you know, ultimate heat check, he crossed half court and already had his hands out looking at Cardi DeJada saying, give me the dang ball. And uh, I mean, it, it, it was cool. I mean, 26 points on only, I think 11 shots in the first half, incredible efficiency. He was feeling it. The only thing I was kind of disappointed about was that he, he didn't try to go for like 50 or something in the second half. There was, uh, you know, no downside to trying that, but that just kind of shows the player he is. He's he's not that flashy. He actually was uh, racking up assists in the second half, so uh, a cool way for him to go out, if nothing else. For sure. Um, hey, so it, you're right that, uh, you know, K-State lost the regu- both regular season games
0: to TCU. Mm-hmm. The one at home was a real heartbreaker, wasn't it? That was the, wasn't that
2: like at the close to the buzzer? It was a two-point game. Right. Yeah. David Sloan hit a shot that at the time looked like it was going to send things to overtime, but then uh, he actually got scored on by their, by their big center on the other end. So they won by two points with the last second shot. And uh, a lot had to go wrong for Kansas State to lose that game. I believe TCU had some, uh, had a string of like three straight miracle threes at the end of the first half to take a big lead. and they hung on. So it's not a, uh, you know, it's not a insurmountable matchup or anything like that. Um, they played with them twice, even even the game they lost in Fort Worth. They led with uh, 10 minutes skill in the game. So it's uh, it, it's a decent enough matchup. I still think they probably would have preferred to play Oklahoma because they, they seem to match up well with them and they actually beat them at home this season. But it's, it's a game that'll probably go down to the last couple minutes. Both teams are looking at this the same way. This is their ticket to the NCAA tournament if they want it. So both teams will be playing hard, and yeah, I'm expecting a good one.
0: Yeah, and TCU is 16 and 15, so if they won a couple of games, I, I don't know. I haven't seen any speculation about NIT or CBI, you know, the, the, the tournaments where they're played. That are not the big dance, but you know, at least extend your season a little bit. So, I imagine TCU comes to Kansas City with, um, you know, with with a the, with the mindset of well, all teams, you know, you you have success here, you. You can play in the postseason. The difference is Kansas State has to win the tournament to get anywhere with its record, and PCU, being over 500 overall, might have a chance to slip into to a uh, you know to some of, one of the postseason uh, tournaments. Okay, Kellis. Well, that'll do it, and we will see you in Kansas City very soon. All right. Thanks, Blair. Look forward to it. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. A tip of the cap to producers Randy Mason, Savannah Smith, Derek Donovan. Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Thanks to Sam McDowell and Kellis Robinette for lending their expertise on today's show. We'll be back on Wednesday with another Sports BKC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.